0: that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us take this time now to join together in the prayer of confession and then take a moment to silent confess the wrong we have done. We confess, O God, that our lives are a mixture of weeds and good seeds. The weeds choke us and limit our will to respond. We admire the good seeds and want to nourish them. When the harvest comes, we know that the good seed will be kept and all else will be judged unfit for your realm. Christ, have mercy upon us as we learn of your will. Give us guidance and determination as we obey your command. Forgive our misplaced allegiance when we settle for weeds. May we broadcast the landscape with the good seed of your word. We ask this all in the name of your precious Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power the Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts so that we may truly understand, and understanding that we may believe, and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is... From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Hear the word of God. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. May God bless to our understanding this reading from God's word. And now to continue the scripture from verses 18
1: through 23. Hear then the parable of the sour. that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder if Jesus was there talking with his disciples and talking to his followers with crazy hands like this, if they would have paid attention to what he was saying. If he was willing to talk to them where they were at, if they would understand what he was saying. Not just listen, but understand. You know, you're looking at me probably saying, She's up there with Mickey hands. But you know what? I have your attention. Everyone is looking at these hands right now. Everyone is listening to what I'm saying, which is actually proving a point. Now I'm going to take the hands off because they're hot and I feel kind of weird wearing them. You know, parables are hard. Jesus talked in parables a lot, especially in the Gospel of Matthew and some in Luke and what have you. Parables are hard. Sometimes they're hard to understand. Sometimes they're hard to say, well, that doesn't doesn't include me in it to those people that he's talking to, the tax collectors or the Sadducees or Pharisees or whatever. They say, well, that's not me. I don't have to listen to this story. But again, maybe if he wore those funny hands, they would just listen because of the funny hands and because he grabbed their attention. Now, we've got the story of the sower. And I asked my mom this morning, because she bought some grass seed the other day, and I asked her to bring it with me, and you should have heard her response on the phone. It's like, you want me to do what? I said, I want you to bring your grass seed. So she brought me her little bag of grass seed. Now, you also heard me talking to the kids this morning about how easy it is or how hard it is to grow grass that we have. Well, I looked at the back of these instructions, because we just have a small patch of... Uh, dirt that we want to grow some grass in, so my mom doesn't trip over the, the holes and stuff like that. And this says four easy steps to planting seed, four easy steps. It says you need to prepare the soil, well, under prepare the soil, there's a, there's 15 steps on how to prepare the soil. And then step number two is fertilize the planting area. And again, there's three things you need to do to fertilize the planting area, and then you finally get to plant the seed. Well, there's three things on how to do that and do it properly. And then you got to water the seeded area. And there's three or four things under that because you can't overwater, you can't underwater, you can't do this, you can't do that. To where making grass grow is not as easy as you think. There's lots of rules. You heard it in the parable that uh, Donna read that part of the parable where, you know, if you throw it on the sidewalk, yeah, it's not going to grow because there's nothing, there's no foundation whatsoever. If you throw it on a rocky path, yeah, you're going to get some grass, you're going to get probably more weeds than you are grass, but it's not going to have any real, it, it won't flourish because, again, the root base is so shallow, it'll just die and wither away. And then there's people like me that would probably end up growing growing and throwing it where the weeds are, and I would just get more weeds, which would choke out any good grass whatsoever. And then you can put it on a place like our church lawn. Trust me, that church lawn is very plush. There's a lot of grass out there, but you know what? Even in that beautiful grass, there's still some weeds. Now, the grass is more powerful than the weeds, so the, the weeds don't overtake it, but there are still weeds in that grass out there, and that is our lives. We are all not on that perfect, perfect piece of of land, piece of ground, with the perfect topsoil and with that perfect seed that will grow in sunlight or daylight or cold weather or warm weather. We have our little quirks. We need our little instructions to tell us how to grow, just like that bag of grass seed did. Now, I have to tell you, when I first, my mom said she bought the grass, seed. I thought, oh, good, I'll just, you know, yeah, I gotta rake up the the dirt a little bit just so it can fall in. And I figured I'd just throw it out there and let's throw some water on it, it would grow. Shows what type of green thumb I really have. But when I actually read the instructions, in my mind I went, I'm glad my mom's doing this because it would take too much time. Too much time to do what you need to do. And then I thought to myself, it's like, does that mean I'm not willing to take the time to make sure that I am growing properly within my faith? I actually equated the two things together. Am I that lazy that I won't do it just to grow a small patch of grass? Am I not willing to do that for my own spiritual life? Now, I don't know how many out there know how to grow grass who have I'm sure Bob knows how. He knows how to do everything except stop squirrels from going up his his bird feeder as hard as he tries. But I'm sure you know how to grow grass. There's no doubt in my mind. And you would read every one of those instructions and do it line by line on how to do it and then probably throw a little miracle grow on top of it just to make sure. But how do we do that in our spiritual lives? How do we not become that rocky ground? How do we not become those weeds where we choke out the good stuff? How do we push those weeds away, those things that it it said in the scripture, wealth and stuff like that, but it's not even that. Forget the wealth, it's the stuff that we put before, putting for, for where we put God. How do we put God first in our lives with every decision that we make, with every step that we make, with every waking moment? How do we put God first in our lives so that we flourish and not get choked out? Now, again, how does Jesus relay this to the people? How does Jesus relay this, this, this easy concept to the people so that they understand? He didn't have mickey hands to do it. He didn't have mickey hands to grab their attention. All they did was just gather around him when he was on a boat, and he came to shore and he talked to them. He wasn't even talking to his disciples at this point, because his disciples should have known, should have known this story, should have known that if I do this, I'm going to flourish. But if I do that, uh, I'm going to get choked just a little bit. Now. One of the things I do like about Jesus' parables is that he talks to his disciples a lot because they never quite get it. They never quite get what Jesus is telling them. They always ask another question. Well, you know, I I understand that, but, but what about this? And he had just told them a parable about that because, again, they don't put themselves in that situation. They may not consider themselves that tax collector, They may not consider themselves that Pharisee or that Sadducee. But, you know, we all have that peace in us where we tend to look at the other stuff instead of, again, putting God as first and foremost in our lives before putting Jesus in our hearts and wearing it on our sleeves and being willing to share it. You heard me talk about that last week. Who was willing to go out on these steps and shout, from the top of the steps that they love God and Jesus is their Lord and Savior. You heard me say that last week and the week before and probably the week before that. But how, just in our own little worlds, how do we do that? How do we become the seed that grows and is thick and healthy, ready for anything, ready for the the bad winds and the bad rains that we still flourish? People walking and trampling on top of us. How do we survive that if we don't have that strong foundation, those strong roots? Well, first and foremost, you come here on a Sunday. A lot of you I know probably do devotions every day and you say prayers every day. And that is building on that root base. But what I love about this is that even in this parable, Jesus talks about You know what? Not everybody is going to get rewarded a hundredfold. And you know why? Because God takes us where we're at and what we can do. It says straight out, some will get gains or rewards of a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. But even those that are only getting 30-fold back, they're still trying. They're still trying on a daily basis to make sure that they put Jesus and the word of God first in their lives. They're trying to live by those 10 commandments. They're trying to live about what it means to live in community, to live with humanity, to not take advantage of another, to not think poorly of somebody else. Now, it also said in the scripture that we go through times in our lives where you know what, we go back and forth. Our faith gets shaken sometimes, but then, We see the other side of that, when a newborn comes into our world and our faith is restored just a little bit. With the innocent smile, with the little coos that you hear, faith is restored. How do we become that good seed on a daily basis? It's up to each and every one of us to do that. And it's hard work, just like that back of that grass seed bag is hard work to make sure that stuff grows. How we live out our faith is hard work. But I do promise you this, and I believe this with all of my heart, that if you put that work in as much as you can, one, God will take you where you're at. God will never leave your side. And two, if you do that hard work, the reward will be great. It is not futile just to say, ah, it's just too much work. This week when my mom got the grass seed, it actually taught me a lesson about my faith and my faith journey, that it's hard work. And even though I go through all the schooling and all that kind of stuff, sometimes I need to be reminded of that. And if I need to be reminded sometimes, so, do, so does everybody else. Sometimes we need to remind each other that this journey that we are all on, one, it's a long journey. It is a marathon, not a sprint. It is one where we are not alone. It is one that will take time and energy. It's one that will sometimes exhaust us, but if we all stick to it and stick together with it, we will flourish. We will be that good seed. We will be that plush lawn that is before us. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us in this parable. You just gotta work at it. It doesn't come easy. It takes work. you got to till the ground. You've got to water it. You've got to put miracle grow on it. You need to do work to be that good. And when you fail, know that somebody else, meaning Jesus and God, will be there to make sure that you get on that right path again. Parables are hard to understand. They're not supposed to be easy. They're supposed to make you think. If they were easy, then 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 what's the point of them? What's the point? Because then you can't really have the discussion. You got the answer. This is actually one of the parables, one of the few parables that gives you the answer. You heard Donna give you the parable, and you heard Jesus in the next part talk about what the answer was. If you're this, then you're that. If you were this, then you're that. Parables are hard to understand, just as our faith journeys are hard. My hope is that... You realize the next time you want to plant some plant seed or plant a tree or something like that, that you need to cultivate it. And that this is your life as well. You must cultivate your life. You must be fed. You must have something to drink. You must be tended to. And that is what Jesus does for each and every one of us. Jesus takes care of us and is there for us and will never, never let us be choked out. Amen and Amen.
0: Let us pray. Gracious, loving, almighty God, everything we have is a gift from you. We return to you only a portion of your goodness and your graciousness to us. We ask you to bless these gifts, bless the givers, and bless the ministry of this, your church. May our lives and these gifts witness to your everlasting and faithful love revealed in Jesus Christ so that all nations and all people may come to know your love and your grace in Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: As we leave this place, my hope is that we do that with every breath that we take. And again, as you leave, may the shalom of God, the love and compassion of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us all.